15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Look around you. That car you're driving. That house your family lives in. Making your daughter laugh. Inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive. Teaching him he can be anything. All you. And your dreams for tomorrow. You'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen. They are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance. Protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 467. Today we'll be covering Legends of Tomorrow. I always feel like when I say that, I should say it like with the Neko. Legends, legends, legends of tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, I just like it when you do it the other way around, and we're going to cover Legends of Tomorrow today. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Legends of Tomorrow. Past. Three, yeah, we did. Episode 310. Danny, uh, Danny, Daddy <laughs> Darkest. <laughs> the mid-season premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh. The weirdly timed, strangely slotted mid-season premiere. Indeed. Indeed. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is Jason Goss, by the way. Hi. Hey. Hey. What's up? Not much. Exhilarating. We're doing a review. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a weird mood, man. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. All you right. Want, you want to kick this off with some, some generalized yeah, thoughts that we'll whittle down over the course of 20 minutes to three hours? Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, man, Marty Stein and Jax, they were just a weight. On this show, <laughs> so much better without. Must them. you belittle another? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, okay. Therese. What I mean, oh. yeah. What I mean is they haven't known what to do with them for a long time, and mm-hmm. I feel like they know. They knew that they were both leaving mm-hmm. for way too many episodes. Like, they weren't giving them really much to do, except building them up to leave. Does that make sense? Yeah, but when you're in season three and you get rid of two characters in, like, two episodes, that's fair. Uh, they were, it felt like they were building up to it a lot longer than that. It was just, like... I mean, they were day one characters, so... Yeah. I, I'll give them good half a season. And they deserve more. Good half a season to kind of uh, foreshadow <laughs> that, get it done correctly. <laughs> oh. Except it was just, like... Let us emphasize over and over and over again the psychic connection, and uh, I, I get it. That, I get it. I mean, I, and that you know Martin, and that Jacks, you know, without Stein has no place in the team, and that Martin wants to go back and be with his 
you know, daughter and family, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it was just constant. Anyway, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, we're beyond that. That's all I was saying is like, oh, yeah, we can move forward. And mm-hmm. we're moving forward with Constantine. Uh, well, not as a regular. Nobody's coming back. He is. Stick Spoilers for the news, for episode. The news episode. Yeah. So, um, also, that was probably the most relevant part. <laughs> if you were just going to stick around for more news about that, you really just got it. But we'll go into it further. Yeah. Screw it. All all the cats out of the basket. Whatever. Right up front. I don't it's know like, what that is. Is that a saying? I, I, if the cat was out of the bag, like all but like the cat's tail. Okay. And maybe well, I, a I, I, slightly longer description of the cat. Like if you I just want basket. a better look at the cat out of the bag, mm-hmm. that's what we have to offer. It's a calico. Yes. <laughs> we knew. We hardly knew the cat. <laughs> is it dead? No. Okay. Good. Since it's time, we just the bag. moved on. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be talking about a dead cat. That's weird. The hell are we covering again? <laughs> <laughs> I can legitimately forget sometimes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I like this episode. All but one was subplot. I hated. I hated the Amaya um, and her granddaughter subplot. I, I don't care about that at all. Like, it was I like boring. It. it was poorly acted. I didn't give a shit. I didn't care. Well, I don't think I had a problem with the acting, but I like it in the context of what they're doing overall. Yeah. Because it's kind of... What is that? What are they doing? Well, like, Amaya thought it was going to be Zari that she's protecting. The, uh-huh. Like, that was her destiny, and now it's going to be um, uh, Kawasa. Was that in it? Did I get that right? Yeah, Kawasa. Uh, yeah. Yes. I didn't I didn't write that one down. Right. Um, Good job. Yeah. I did, and I didn't... I, I did write it down. It's right here in front of me. I went, Amaya and, I don't know, her granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my accomplishment. Um, but I like my failure sets us up because of the stuff later with, uh, the one of the six and Constantine's, uh-huh. uh, suggestion that it's probably like the other totems that need to be combined and all that stuff. Uh, huh. that's great. That all, that's got, that's got some legs. Um, that was interesting. I mean, not the most interesting scene, but I, I like, I like a lot of scenes that involve an interrogation where you like open the door and basically tell the person you're semi-imprisoning like you're free to go i trust you kind of thing it's always a nice yeah. move yeah but you know i was i was okay with with that i was just i didn't care about like i'm gonna go in and talk to her and then i'm gonna go in the cell and then nate's gonna do his thing and be a jackass that was so stupid yeah that was one of the things that um there are about three things that happened in this episode that i deeply hate and that was one of them oh okay that was one of them like all right nate comes in completely distrusts his teammate all of a sudden like what the hell well, to be fair to Nate, even though I thought what he did was stupid, to be fair to him, he, she did just disappear for like six months. Yeah. Without a word. And kind of become like godlike and kill a bunch of people with animal spirits somehow. Mm. I mean, there is that, but still. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh... what, what were the other things? Out of out of curiosity, what were the Because I enjoyed this episode a whole lot, honestly. Um, Two things. Uh, One, when Nora's finally okay, and then... Damien just wanders back into the scene and does some uh, just perfunctory, I'm your father, I know what's best speech. And suddenly, like, Nora, who seemed to be a relatively intelligent, if if troubled young lady, is like, uh-huh. okay, I guess I'll go into this secret scary order because my dad that I haven't seen in forever said so. Right. What the hell? I headcanoned it that the wig was possessed. <laughs> it's gotta be. <laughs> it's that gotta wig be. was bad. It was. Like that was that was just a, uh, like a stupid way out of that scene. I, and I generally think it's stupid when it's like, oh, 
but you're my father. You know, that kind of, like, that's what it sounds yeah. like to me is, is like this old, I even yeah. hear it in that ridiculous Elizabethan, Elizabethan, like stupid dialect. But yeah, that's what it feels like. And then they didn't even do a cute take on it. It's just the basic speech that the father gives when he shows up to, to know better mm-hmm. and take someone away. While, like, he's so clearly the villain that someone in real life might accidentally shout out, Oh my god, you're the villain! As though they were in an episode <laughs> of something, if you really yeah. saw that happen. Mm-hmm. It, that was just egregious. Yeah, and that was, was the one, that was the one that I didn't find salvageable. That was just a stupid turn, like a stupid, boring turn done poorly. Yeah, I agree. Because, like, the whole time I was going, like... She's actually a really cool character. Uh, I, I wonder how they'll turn her. Or, you know, are they changing time right now? Oh, nope. There we go. Okay. Yeah. That was dumb. Yeah, there was a lot they could have done. Yeah. And I liked her way more than the adult Nora. The adult Nora is an overacting weird thing that I don't understand. I I, <laughs> I have not appreciated her character. So, young Nora, who was actually pretty interesting, I was like, okay, let's uh-huh. let's keep that going. Um, you know, there was some hope for that, and that all got erased. And that was just it was just boring and... I didn't like it. But yeah. um, that was the unsalvageable one. The salvageable one, and I actually face-palmed when I saw them do it, was uh-huh. like, did Sarah have to sleep with John? Did they have to? Yes. Oh, I loved that. I did loved that. Why? Oh, yes. Absolutely. They Sell had me to. on it. Go for it. Have you ever seen Sarah Lance do anything? Have you ever seen John Constantine do anything? This man walked on board the ship and hit on Snart. I know. I saw that. I, I get it. Which um, they they were funny watching. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, I get are that we, there was going to be like a seriously back and forth. this. Are we seriously this damaged? Oh, I certainly hope so. <laughs> of, of course they would. That was you thinking more like that's one of the most realistic of the parts I've seen. Yeah, no, it it it's just boring in the sense that like it's like they're finally doing something neat with Sarah and all the stuff they did with Sarah and John and, and snark kind of like, well, I don't actually, it was just snark that kind of was talking to her about, uh, what's her name? Amy. What's you know, uh-huh. um, time master girl. Yeah. Ava. Ava. Thank you. So, um, mm-hmm. I, like snarks kind of coaching her through that, which by the way, much love for the line. Like, Oh, it's uh, you're both beautiful people. Gay, not blind. That kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. That was awesome. That was um, hilarious. Funny line. Yeah. So, all of that but super hot was a lot, by the way. Super, there we go. Um, yeah, so like I, I liked where they were setting up that. Uh, I mean, it. I, I I do like Sarah and the and and Ava. Seems like that could be a lot of fun. I, I like envisioning the future where they've like they're like you know in a hallway kicking ass together. Sounds great. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then it's just like in the middle of her actually like deciding maybe to do something that she said she was going to do in the crossover, which is like I'm going to stop shagging everything. And maybe focus on one person for a second, and then Constantine hops on board, and there they go. I just like I literally yeah. facepalm because I'm like, does she have to have sex with every single thing? No, but she has to have sex with Constantine. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you two things. One, I agree psychologically with your profiling. <laughs> you know, it's I, like, I get it. I you get know, that like, it's like putting two opposite sides of a magnet near each other and when they slam together being like, well, how are they going to do that? I get that that's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. You know, but it just to, bored I think me it's, to watch I think it's unfair. Another character. I think it's unfair. Well, I mean, we didn't watch her have sex. You know what I mean? But like, it, I do. It's but... just like, let's pull out the scene <laughs> where Sarah has sex with someone again. I was just really um, looking forward to her having like a real relationship and do it. She might still, she will still, I still believe in that. I'm just like, Oh, we're just going to, yeah. 
We're just going to go around she, the carousel one more time, I guess, before that happens. Yeah, well, I mean, if there was one to ha- that they had to do it with, it should be John Constantine. Um, I'll give you that as a backdoor argument, but yeah. I'm sure he had his own backdoor argument. <laughs> but, um... The, like, the major reason I'm not super pissed... Like, I facepalmed when I saw it happening, like, oh, Lord, not again. Um, the the thing that did save it all, and I say I'm deeply disappointed with it, but uh-huh. their dialogue at the end made it worth it, so maybe I'm not as disappointed yes. as I'm letting on. Okay, that's fair. I, I'm still saying screw you to the Nora turnaround. There's no salvaging that. Sure. But, no, not really. But I, I the conversation at the end with, like... What do they do? The double talk thing about how yeah it was a it was a good time, but it's a good mission and all. It was good being here, but maybe we shouldn't do it again. Blah 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 blah. And then she hits him with it. What did she say at the end? Just hits him with a stick or no? It was just you know. Oh, and it was a good shag too. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And um, I, I did kind of get sad because like it well. well it, thanks it, for the shag. That was great. I think that's what it was. I or and the, the shag was pretty good too, or something like that. Anyway, so like she she cuts through the double talk completely and like jabs him one, and it was good. <sighs> Anyway, so mm-hmm. yeah, that back and forth was maybe worth it, but I guess I'm done griping about that. Yeah, I I didn't mind it. I it seemed to be completely in character, and you know, as far as like, oh, back in the crossover, she said she was she was gonna stop doing all that. Yeah, well, last week I said I was gonna stop eating freaking ho hos and Twinkies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that shit hasn't stopped. Yeah, I understand. It's not really ho hos and Twinkies. It's Swiss rolls. I just couldn't think of Swiss rolls. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. But, <laughs> They're good, Jason. <laughs> Everybody has at least one little Debbie that's a weakness. Yeah. Um, so, you know. I get it. Whatever. But those uh, grievances aside, I really did enjoy. Not only how all much... they set up, but um, just generally was entertained by the episode. How much did you uh, did you love Mick just watching football the entire episode? Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> it was just wonderful. And, I, like, I loved the, it was like he devolved in the eyes of his colleagues because, like, he starts with even even Ray turning around saying, "You're showing some leadership potential," because like he he does. He calls the shots. Everyone get out there. Do you do this? You do this. You do this. It's the right call. Everyone kind of looks around like, oh, "Damn, he nailed it." All right, let's do it. And yeah. all he's really trying to do is clear the freaking room so he can watch a live football game. Mm-hmm. And but when you first see it, it's wonderful because he like it looks right. If you're just watching him, you think he's got this covered. And then sort like toward the middle of the episode, it's like he's accidentally getting it right because he's yelling at the screen. And by the end of the episode, his teammates have realized that he's really doesn't even know what's happening on the field right now or on in the mission at all. Mm-hmm. He's just watching football. I, I I dug that. I dug that it became it becomes like slowly more obvious to everyone that he is really not paying attention. Like he's zoned out even more than Mick zones out normally. Yeah. Even when Snart goes to leave and they they have a hug, you know, he's still watching. He's football. still watching behind him. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, sad. I, I I hate to see Snart go. I do enjoy that guy. I I do, but uh, it it is nice to it's nice to think those two cats are going to be good together. I like the little arc where he realizes he has to he has to go ahead and pop the question and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They sent, My array, they not your array. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was good. <laughs> like the you know. Constantine and um, and Sarah arguing over who seduced who and or whom, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and and Snart just being like, you, neither one of you should have been doing that while I was being lobotomized. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that was actually like that one helped me a little bit because that was one of my problems when I face palmed was like, oh, come on, you have teammates in active trouble. <laughs> Not even theoretical trouble. Like you can't find them, and you're 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 in the middle of a mission, and someone's gone missing. Like, 
put it back in the pants, both of you. Uh-huh. You get this taken care of. Yeah. Yep. I dug the little Black Canary, White Canary card, though, that Constantine pulled for. Mm-hmm. That was neat. That was. Um. And just... Yeah. Generally, great job with Constant- Constantine. He he did so well here. Yeah. Oh, man. When Malice said that you failed Astra. Oh, oh yeah. Because I was hoping, like, you know... If, when he in season four of Arrow, when 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 uh, Oliver was like, uh, like, oh, where's Constantine? He's like, he's in hell, literally, or whatever it was. Wait, maybe no, maybe it was like season four, in... maybe season five. Yeah, I can't remember. I but it's like, wouldn't this be a good one for him? And he's like, he's in hell. And they look at him. He's like, literally. There's a ni- there's a nice pregnant pause. It was good. But yeah, it, yeah. It, I was hoping they'd bring up something because I got I felt like I felt a little cheated last time we saw Constantine because. Uh huh. Well, First of all, I didn't wanted him to be the focus of the episode, and that didn't happen. But mm-hmm. they didn't bring up anything from the show, really. Nothing about you know the the impending giant apocalyptic doom that was on on the horizon. Nothing about angels who may or may not be betraying him. Nothing about any of his teammates that mm-hmm. he spent so much time developing. Nothing about his mother, which was a sub story we all wanted. And nothing about Astra. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, God, just to mention that there was a there was a Corrigan out there would be amazing. Like any of these things. Would yeah. made me happy, and none of it really transpired. So, bring it up, Astra again. That was that was solid. And and to actually just go ahead and say you failed her, like right. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it, man. Like now, in, you know, restating basically the pilot of that show. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, spoilers though for for the comic in anyway. Uh, in the comic, he actually does eventually like free her soul. She goes to heaven. But I would hope you got enough time with it. So far, on this show, yeah. But it was not like even watching him in the opening scene, which again, thank you guys for bringing the harpsichord back and his music. Mm-hmm. I loved his music. <laughs> um, good to hear it again. And uh, man, just uh, like that opening scene could have been an episode of Constantine. It would have fit in perfectly. Oh yeah, like the the effects they used to to when she's possessed by uh, Malice and she's like her her spine is breaking back the the opposite way her neck twisting and like oh man that's some that is they actually went for it on the possession stuff mm-hmm. and even when and he it like was creepy even when he's like take a look at this coin and he flips it and then Ugh. they're like and <laughs> and he's suddenly gone like all of that was just like i watched it twice i i, I watched it and then i went back and watched it again <laughs> uh-huh and then i continued the episode i just it was so uh it was like a just a thing in my heart that needed filled yeah, I, I so love good. that they sort of subverted their own setup because I was like, oh man, they're gonna write on the back of that that Mary picture, and they're like, hey, let's write on the back of that Mary picture, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, it's not gonna happen. Uh, this is something they've gotten used to, and like in Bebo, uh, the Great Failure, ugh. as we call it. Um, like in Bebo, they did the same thing, which I guess is an adjacent episode if you're watching it all together, but same thing where they called out, that's a terrible plot. And then someone does it. And then this time they kind of like, it's an obviously terrible plot. And then they try to do it and you're like, okay, I guess. And then they, they pull back from it. They're clearly toying with like, what, what kind of plot devices can we do? And can we not try? Like, can we, you know, fuck with the premise too? Mm Mm-hmm. I respect that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed... Mick, um, basically confusing Constantine and Rip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Skinny Brit in a trench coat, same thing. Right, that was good. Uh, not that it has anything to do with anything. I just really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Just, what, like, an obligatory part of any of our episodes, just, like, two non-sequiturs from Mick that we loved. Yep, it was time. But, <laughs> I... There's bound to be at least two, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 
So the nurse is working for Dark, though. Mm-hmm. What the hell, man? <laughs> That's that that fit. It did fit. It just fit. It was just sort of a. <laughs> she was, she was the kind of healthcare professional where, like, I don't know if she's actually attached to the villain, but from a healthcare mm-hmm. standpoint, that woman's a villain. Yeah. <laughs> she's just all right. Well, right now, I'm gonna lobotomize you. Yeah. Why? You were trying to put a note behind a picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Like to put it yeah. in to put it in Marvel terms, she's it's obvious when you see her that there is red in her ledger. Oh yeah. Good gosh, man. Like what you think you're a time traveler? But I am a time traveler and from alternate reality. Yeah, you're getting the bottom Yeah, we're gonna Aww. have to we're gonna have to knock that out. <laughs> Just go knock it out. Yeah. No, there's no, like, I. Well, it kind of cracked me up because it was just like, I, they, no, I'll give her, no I'll, one, like, I'll give her this. No one, like, okayed it. There was a, <laughs> no, it didn't require that. There was a period in psychiatric practice where I swear lobotomies were about as straightforward and, I mean, I guess well considered as maybe, like, getting your tonsils out. Like, mm-hmm. like if you get strep throat more than, you know, two or three times a year at some point, somebody's like, yeah, let's just burn those things out. I, I get it. No, this was there. There was a time where it was like, yeah, he's acting a little funny. Just disconnect the front of his brain; it'll be fine. Yeah. And oh lord, it was it was uh, it was a lot of like that woman expressed an opinion. Well, that's I just take the front of her brain out. That'll fix that. Yeah. <laughs> there is the flippancy with which she went to the uh, went to the lobotomy actually didn't surprise me at all. That I can I can back that. <laughs> he just non sequitured into a Mick quote. Lobotomize them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do it every episode. Yeah, it's got to stop. Yeah, like. we're done with that. <laughs> I don't like how, how serious you sounded when you said that. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> Mistake. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got? You got anything else? I don't know if I had anything else. Really great to see John again, and I'm glad now that we've talked about the cat, um, even if we're just restricting ourselves to the bag itself, we'll see him again. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then I'm sure in whatever time when I see that episode, I'll do the same thing where I get to the end of it and think, oh, please don't let that be the last time. Oh, I don't think it will be. I mean, we've got a whole probably bad animated series to watch. I do keep forgetting about that. That is going to be nice. Yeah. I got to admit, the trailer for it looked better than any of the animated they've done so far. Uh-huh. There's, there's hope. Agreed. It didn't look as stilted and awkward as some other shows. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have, I have a question for you. Are you as bored by the idea of waiting on Sarah to be possessed again so they can use that anti-magic gun on her, as Constantine suggested mm-hmm. they do? No. I mean, You're not bored by that? I know it's coming, but... I like Ray fiddling with technology and trying to learn magic because I think that he he it seems like he'd have to learn a little bit of magic to learn how to make anti magic or at least get to research it. I like the idea of him researching it. Maybe mm-hmm. I just like it when Ray gets okay. to geek out and when they really play with it, he can have a lot of fun, a lot of good mm-hmm. Ren and Ralph screen time. Sarah, yeah, yeah I get it. Um, I do get it. I I mean, uh, they kind of what do they call it, telescoping the punch or something like that? Um, they've, they've given the hand away, I guess, so freely that, yeah, I, I get how you're bored. But, you know, the working parts themselves I'm fine with. Also, did we mention John Noble? Because John Noble... Oh, he's always great. He's always great. Yeah, he's always great. Even just he's as a disembodied, great. scary voice, he's great. <laughs> um, I am 
also bored by the notion that Rip Hunter has escaped. I just don't care. I gotta admit, it's it's hard when you've put no stakes in it whatsoever. Like, he escaped the show already. Yeah. When he escapes the tiny cage, they theoretically put him on in the show that they didn't attach any stakes to. I don't know if I care. Yeah. Like, honestly, I can't figure out why Ava was kind of so worried. I, if anything, I felt like instead of being, of like, cutting off her dinner date invitation um, mid-sentence, I feel like she might have instead just popped on to the little whatever FaceTime app that it is they use and mm-hmm. and just been like, hey, Sarah, good news. Rip escaped. Uh-huh. Everyone's freaking out. It's really funny. I never thought you'd like to know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I, I would like to come over for a while. Thank you. That, that sounds fun. When would you like to do that? That's the conversation I would have theoretically heard. No. Like, hey, hey, you're coming over for the wine, right? There's no time. You're the time bureau. Of course there's time. <laughs> Just create a stasis. We'll get really drunk. Uh, maybe explore some feelings. You should probably allow about 12 hours for the hangover, and uh, you get back to it. It's no big deal, right? Yeah. Oh, just go back to like a second before Rip leaves. <laughs> yeah. And unleave him. Anyway. <laughs> but it'll cause an anachronism. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, that would be a funny trick to play on somebody that's like a prisoner. Like, uh-huh. let's say, let's say the way you escape was simple, and like they just put you in the kind of cage where you could literally like pick the lock. Uh-huh. But then you can get in there and change time, and then get out again before someone notices. So like, you just put them in this loop where they keep picking the lock, and the lock falls back down, and they pick the lock, and the lock mm-hmm. falls back down, and just they would just do this for like days, completely confused about why they can't pick this lock that they've picked three hundred thousand mm-hmm. times now. Yeah, and the time viewer is back there just laughing and laughing. They probably do that kind of crap. That is the kind of, like, corporate-level cruelty that you get when you make something uh, like this level of bureaucracy. Uh-huh. There's people getting written up for time pranks. <laughs> now I want that show. <laughs> Starring John Krasinski. Oh, of course. <laughs> and Rain Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, uh, we got to write you up on this one. Come on, really? Yeah, look, you turned him into a toddler. I mean, that's really going to hurt his productivity. It's going to take us 17 years to get him back and trained again. That's just, no. Actually, my my spreadsheet says that productivity is up by 10%. (laughs) Fair enough. Oh. (laughs) In fact, I think you should write the toddler up for stealing time before. (laughs) Good job. Thank you for bringing this to me. And while we're put, at it, Miss Time Bureaucrat, promotion. Why don't you think about what you've done and try raising him better this time? Yeah. Maybe a little more stick and a little less carrot, I say. <laughs> and good day. And leave the office. Right. <laughs> I said good well, day. I think that's as good a place as any to. Yeah, I think we've wandered far enough afield to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of DC On Screen. We are DC On Screen. Every episode is found for free at DCOnScreen.com. We tweet at DC On Screen. I personally tweet at David C. Robertson. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook. We'll be coming right back with a news episode. Until then, keep some DC on your screen.
Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, the TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.